Up next, Biz 503, the Portland-centric podcast for startups and small businesses. We believe it, we live it, and there's something about Brand Portland that has taken a meteoric rise in our world. We're starting Biz 503 today out on Foster Road at 72nd, where what was once an old car lot has been transformed into a colorful collection of businesses, a food court, incubator kitchen, and more. The Portland Mercado. Among the food carts, Fernando's Alegria. You must be Fernando. Yes, that's me, Fernando. <laughs> and what is the meaning of Alegria? Alegria means uh, happiness. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. So this is a very happy food cart. Yes, a happy place, <laughs> happy food, happy people, and, uh, happy customers too. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me the kinds of things you serve, Fernando. I serve uh, um, like Mexican uh, burritos, like more from like recipes are from like central Mexico. It's like a different flavor. Uh, we have carnitas, asada, pastor, more like traditional Mexican food. We figure like if we do it right, people will experience the alegría, you know, the happiness part. Sounds delicioso. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Delicioso. Yeah. So tell me about your history here. Were you somewhere before the Mercado? Yes, I was. Um, I think when this opened up, I was the only uh, food car owner that had experience running a business. I had a business in downtown Portland by uh, PSU. So I've been doing this for like almost like 10 years. I was doing that little Mexican food. I was also doing some like burgers and other things. But uh, this opportunity came and the option was burritos. So that's what I made this. This food is special just for, for the Mercado. Right. So what was it like before compared to now? Are you happier with this yes. setup? Yeah, this is it's better because you have a lot of uh, like uh, help from the community because uh, Porta Mercado is a brand. So through them, like, you get like publicity, you get like media, you get some attention. And it, it helps because uh, other places you've, you're alone, really nobody helps you. Here it's more like it's a community. So we all like embrace all different uh, Latino cultures, you know, because we all from different backgrounds. So here we build this community where we don't feel like we're competing with each other. It's more like we are helping each other to become better. Fantastic. Feel, feels more welcome. That was Fernando of Fernando's Alegria. Now let's go inside and see what else we find at Portland Mercado. So here we have Ca Carniceria. So Carniceria, which is your traditional uh, butcher shop, and it's owned by Ca Market, which also owns the international grocery store here at the Mercado. Um, so you can see they have everything from pre-prepared pastor and fajitas and pollo asado to just regular cuts of meat you could take home for the grill. Um, so what's here that they couldn't get at a regular grocery store? Regular grocery stores, it's specific types of cheese. They can get queso fresco, cotija, as well as specific cuts of meat that our community is more used to, as well as uh, specialty sausages and chorizo. And then next we have Quebacano, uh, which is an extension of our Colombian cart outside. Quebacano is our Colombiano's production kitchen, which focuses on the production of arepas and empanadas, as well as flan and desserts. So really making a lot of the almohabanas that are the cassava cheese bread or, you know, basically traditional Colombian cheese bread which is absolutely delicious. They make all of it right here. And what's the significance of having these kinds of varieties here? Really, the point of all of this is to highlight the diversity of Latino culture and the diversity of flavors that we have 
here in Oregon and also the diversity of flavors we have all around Latin America. So highlighting flavors from Guatemala, flavors from Colombia, outdoor we have the carts that include places from Haiti, Puerto Rico, distinct regions of Mexico like Oaxaca and uh, San Luis de Potosí as well as the Efe, and then also having, you know, Cuban food and Cubanos and Ropa Vieja and all those delicious kind of treats. So if this was not here, where would these people be? I mean, we would find um, some of these stores and restaurants and pockets of the Latino community around Oregon. Uh, you know, the Pulga on 180th, uh, further east in East County. You could find folks in Hillsboro, um, in Tigard. But really, Portland has lacked a central Latino market for many years. And when we opened two and a half years ago, we were the first of our kind, and I believe we're still Portland's only Latino market. Okay, what else do we have over here? So here we have Sandino Coffee Roasters, uh, one of my go-tos every day coming into the office. The owner actually uh, gets the coffee from his family farm. So he travels out there, brings coffee back, they roast it, it's delicious stuff. They serve an assortment of coffee, espresso drinks as well, featuring exclusively their coffee. And where's his family's farm? Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What's next? Next up, we have Ka Market, which we mentioned were the owners of the meat and the butcher shop as well. What they have in Ka Market is a Guatemalan-themed small bodega with products from all around Latin America. So they import from Peru, from Colombia, from Guatemala, from Mexico. Uh, they send money to Mexico. They have calls to Mexico. They have fresh fruit, produce and then also packaged products and their own line of salsas, which Chris can touch on a little more too. So they have over 10 varieties of salsa, which they sell in a case directly at their market. Uh, I've been working with the owners of the market to uh, get their products into local stores. So they're starting to sell in market of choice. They're onboarded for new seasons. It's a product that has a rabid fan base within our Mercado community and has only since spread out through the greater Portland. So it's, it's really exciting to see this product kind of take shape here at the Mercado and really get traction. Mm -hmm. Nice. Any idea how their products are doing in the stores? Oh, they're doing exceptionally well. So Eric, the owner, actually, he delivers weekly. He's out there demoing. He's going as far down as Eugene right now, Salem, all across Portland as well. Okay, what else? We are a business incubator, so that does come with the challenges of having businesses grow out and transition. So next we have an open spot, which is opening in January. We are going to have a grand unveiling then. Um, I'll give you a hint. The name of the business is Chocotl. Um, and so keep an eye on that. If you want to get more information, we have a sign up at the Mercado. And the new owners are looking for a January launch. Breaking news. Yeah. So next we have Barrio, uh, which is our neighborhood bar focusing on beer and wine, but also makes its own sangria and is known for their micheladas. It's a wonderful space because it's so community-oriented. It kind of has the feel of a cantina. I know that's the kind of aesthetic they were going for as well. You come to find that there's a, a group of regulars that come here. It's their, their neighborhood watering hole, and they're such a vital part of this community at the Mercado. Yeah. Love it. Now let's go into the studio with your Biz 503 host, Rick Terosi of the tech blog Silicon Florist and business coach, startup mentor, Wendy Cotilla. Today, we're talking with Shay Flaherty-Bettine, the director of Portland Mercado, and Chris Bailey, micro-enterprise developer at Hacienda CDC. Welcome to you both. Thanks for Thank having you. us. Thanks for having us. Shay, let's start with you. Tell us more about the Portland Mercado. What is it and why was it created? Oh, the Portland Mercado is so many, so many amazing things. It's a public food market. It's a collection of over 16 Latino businesses that represent different parts of Latin America. 
It's an event space, a community gathering place. It's a bridge between cultures and a place where Portland can come to really experience the diversity of Latin American culture, values, and cuisines. Um, but I'd say really what the Portland Mercado boils down to, it's our business incubator model. So in addition to the public food market and the retail opportunities we provide to incubated businesses, it's an entire business advising program, which includes one-on-one -on -one business advising, as well as a bilingual business boot camp that happens seasonally. And that's a two-week class where people learn all sorts of business essentials. Uh, also, it provides an incubator kitchen for a lot of our incubation clients where folks can access a low-cost licensed commercial kitchen uh, for production, for you know, cooking, for making food that they can sell at a variety of locations like food carts, farmers markets, as well as retail stores across the city and state. What I love is how accessible it is. I mean, you've got the food carts and the market that are there constantly, but you also do a really good job of community development. Like you just had a Day of the Dead altar celebration, right? Yeah, and that was fabulous. We actually invited most of the Latino service agencies around the city to come out and present their own altar and really collaborate and sharing the culture with the rest of Portland and, you know, really providing an authentic access and experience within Day of the Dead because we know issues of cultural preparation popping up left and right, and, you know, folks using Halloween costumes, we saw it as an opportunity to share in the tradition of ofrendas and having all the, the delicious trappings that come with the rest of the event. So we, we loved it. Um, the vendors themselves organized the event. So we see it as a great way for all our community vendors to come together for, for a joint cause, which is both sharing their culture, their community and their flavors, but also, you know, increasing sales. That's amazing. Where did the idea come from? How long has the Mercado been in existence and uh, why did it start? Well, Mercado opened in April of 2015, but really the project's been in the works for over six years. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of the vendors we have in our carts now were part of the original Asamblea, which started at Hacienda out of its main headquarters um, as a way to provide business advising to some amazing women that were selling tamales out of their home. Mm. As this program grew and the vendors came together, the Asamblea, Asamblea formed to explore retail opportunities and ways to grow commercial kitchen activities and business advising. And they decided Portland needed a Latino market and needed a place for people to come and learn about the culture and, and have an example of all the positive values that we contribute to the city. So uh, they started working on that, identifying partners, identifying a cohort of businesses that could kind of mesh well and, and have a diverse set of offerings. And over the course of four years, they found the funding, they found the location, and we launched in 2015. So we've been open for two and a half years now. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and you're structured as a nonprofit. Is that how it works? We're, yeah, we're a social business incubator uh, owned by Hacienda CDC. Yep. And where do you find volunteers? I mean, Chris, I know you have experience in the industry, like, and I know you've been um, an entrepreneur and done your own startups. Like, how, how do you find the community engaging with you? Yeah, it's really quite wonderful how the community has kind of embraced the Mercado and the team that is at the Mercado. I mean, for me, I have my own food business. I come from a restaurant background and a food startup background where I travel the country. Uh, it just happened, um, timing, a little fate, kind of led me to the doorstep of uh, the Porno Mercado. You know, I use that incubator kitchen to launch my product. It's called Pozzoli to the People. It is a shelf-stable uh, pozzoli soup starter that is vegan-friendly. So you just add your protein, heat it up. It's a meal in minutes. 
And um, you brought some, right? <laughs> yeah, for, for everyone. <laughs> you know, perfect for weather like today. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it's back at the uh, the kitchen. So I got my company started through the incubator kitchen. I learned more about uh, Hacienda and the Mercado services over the years. And my business has since scaled up to where I utilize a co-packer and really don't lean on the kitchen as much. Um, but I still utilize the kitchen for kind of smaller production runs and maybe just some R&D, which is another valuable, I think, a valuable use of the kitchen space for a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with one-on-one. Um, but for me, uh, this opportunity just kind of presented itself to be able to pass along a lot of the experience that I kind of built over the years as a food entrepreneur in this growing cohort of businesses that are looking to launch their own packaged food product. Just to follow up on what Chris is saying, we we also have a tremendous community support in what is our seasonal boot camps. Mm-hmm. We have partnerships with the county, with different agencies that come out and present at these boot camps as volunteers. So, you know, we'll have health inspectors, we'll have community liaisons, oh, we'll wow. have marketing professionals, tax professionals, uh, insurance agents. Um, we just have an enormous, enormous, enormous amount of support to get these boot camps done year in, year out. That sounds incredible. Is there a similar type of service here in Portland or? Yeah, uh, there's actually a network of us. We are connected through Prosper Portland and some of its newer initiatives, formerly the Portland Development Commission. Um, you know, these include NAYA, uh, and I guess, yeah, I think we have a lot of different agencies working together to do either do business boot camps, business development, or business fundamental courses. And we really refer a lot to each other in order to, you know, supplement each other's work. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the businesses that call the Mercado home, their stories, and what the Mercado offers to Latino small businesses in Portland. Support for Biz 503 comes from acreative.agency, specializing in marketing, automation, and web development. For more, go to acreative.agency. Welcome back to Biz 503. We're talking about the incredible resources for entrepreneurship within Portland's Latino community, and specifically the Portland Mercado. Shay Flaherty Batine, the director of Portland Mercado, and Chris Bailey, microenterprise developer at Hacienda CDC, tell us all about it. Well, now you've told us uh, about the three pillars of the Portland Mercado its food market, the education, and the incubator kitchen. Can you tell us more about the businesses that are currently part of the Portland Mercado? What kind of impact has the Mercado had for its clients? Absolutely. Shay touched upon the uh, 16 permanent businesses in the public market. This includes retail vendors, the market vendors, services. We also have over 60 businesses utilizing our incubator kitchen. There's a lot of interesting crossover with some of our kind of stalwart market vendors who are doing more in product development beyond their core services. You know, for example, Matilde Wilson, she's the owner of Matilde's Kitchen, a wonderful Haitian food cart. Um, she's exploring retail opportunities with one of her kind of main menu items. It's a traditional sorrel ginger drink. So she's been working on being able to scale up her recipe. It's something that she developed at the cart, found a great following among her customers. The demand led to her seriously considering another retail channel, that being stores such as Market of Choice and New Seasons. So we've been working with her to be able to get it packed in bottles, beautiful glass bottles 
for sale, and it's actually currently being onboarded uh, with new seasons, be in the shelves shortly. And she's also selling a product at Made Here down on the Pearl. That's amazing. Sorry, Chris, I just want to go back. Tell us your story. You, you mentioned that you were a, a yes. client. Yeah. Um, so actually, I learned about uh, the Mercado through the Gang of Recipe to Market Network uh, offered at PCC. Uh, this is early on. This is actually just as the Mercado was opening. So as someone who was just kind of jumping in from restaurants and food startups into packaged goods, uh, the idea of this kind of low-cost, affordable commissary sounded really attractive because this is a new venture for me, big learning curve. So Pozzoli to the People is the product. As I mentioned, it's a shelf-stable Pozzoli base. It's a product of convenience. Uh, it's really tied to me personally from my father's side. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. It's a dish that he and his family enjoyed uh, through his childhood, and he passed along to us. Uh, just wanted to provide a healthy, uh, vegan-friendly option for those who don't eat meat. It's a traditionally a product that, or it's a, it's a soup that is uh, usually meat-based, pork or chicken. So using the kitchen to kind of prototype recipes and start production uh, was vital as we kind of took that next step to sell the new seasons and other stores. And currently we're in about 100 storefronts uh, throughout the reg uh, region and na nationally. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that we at Pi get a lot of questions about like, when is the right time to engage with this program? Do you have some guidelines for folks about when they should be thinking about working with you? Yeah, it, it, a lot of it comes down to timing. Our boot camps, like I mentioned, are seasonal. So I think our next one, we just finished one up, one's coming up in March again. Uh, so that's really our, our kind of the, the first place folks interact, our first touch point. So anyone who's at any stage of developing their idea or their startup or their product can take part in the boot camp. From that, folks who might need additional support or, you know, are, are from our community, we'll pair them with a one-on-one -on -one advisor who works with them long-term up to a year, and it's even been longer in the past. Uh, but really, it's anyone who's interested in starting their business and being part of this network and this community or accessing our affordable commercial kitchen. Um, our doors are always open. And are you still recruiting mentors and that kind of thing as well? Is, are there opportunities there? Yeah, we, um, we're always looking for more volunteers. Uh, one of the points of the boot camp is to connect people directly to the resources. So a lot of our presenters, whether they're at the health department in the county or whether they're marketing professionals, the goal is that as people you know, understand what it takes to start a business in this city, they'll be connected directly to the people responsible for processing forms. And, and you know, this is a way for us that the work is so important because um, whether our clients have language barriers, have you know, difficulties accessing capital, um, it's a way to break down some of those barriers and make these institutions more familiar to our clients and build those relationships because we know so much of this work has to do with relationships. And also, just to kind of follow up on Shay's comments, I think for a food entrepreneur in general, there's a lot of noise to cut through if, you know, you just did all the research yourself and licensing and just production. So we try to really kind of streamline the resources for any entrepreneur that's looking to take their idea and run with it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's unique mm -hmm. and, and everybody comes at it from a different angle. But you kind of encounter similar problems from time to time. In, in tech, it's largely people don't have a lot of business acumen. They're developers who are, have built a product. Are you seeing any commonalities among the entrepreneurs you're dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. I think for a lot of our entrepreneurs, it's kind of getting them to translate a recipe or an idea into something that is codified, something they could scale, something they could pass along to a potential employee, something that is 
sustainable from a production and food safety standpoint, especially in this landscape of changing food safety regulations. It's important to stress it early on uh, before they actually have a product hit the shelf. Thank you. So now that we've learned about the past and the present, after the break, we'll talk more about the future of the Mikado. Thanks to acreative.agency, specializing in marketing, automation, and web development. For more, go to acreative.agency. Welcome back to Biz 503. We're here with Chris and Shay of Portland Mercado. So we've talked about the past and the present. Tell us more about the future of Mercado. Where's it going? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Winter's a tough month for retail in Portland, and it's always a tough month for especially our food cart businesses. Uh, There's a lot of plans in the works. Um, One way that we really try to activate the space, both in terms of our engagement with the community, but also, you know, helping some of our businesses have better sales is regular events. Uh, So a big one coming up, actually organized by Eric Caravantes, who's the owner of Market. Also, just to plug back, recently got his line of salsas accepted into Market of Choice. So he's in six stores now. Check out those salsas. He's doing a fundraiser for Mexico and Puerto Rico coming up on November 18th. And he's going to have Salsa Nova. He's going to have Tropical. He's going to have all sorts of amazing music and performers. Um, So look out for that. We're going to have a winter farmer's mercado, a winter farmer's market starting on December 2nd. That's going to run all the way till March. And so trying to engage, you know, local producers, uh, local makers, and having that run all winter, we think that that paired with the food offerings we already have is going to be really enticing for our neighborhood families. Um, we have a Latino pop-up series. Maybe you can touch on that, Chris. Yeah. So the pop-up series, Senor Juntos, translates to Come Together, uh, is a kind of an emerging series that we're offering of events where we give our kind of entrepreneur network the chance to maybe venture out beyond their cart menu, try some different dishes that are kind of near and dear to their heart, but you don't usually order from a food cart. So in this context, it's a usually a four to five course meal. Uh, plated, um, single seating in the evening. Um, we sell tickets online through Feastly, um, but also we sell it through our kind of Mercado network as well. This is a great opportunity for people to kind of try different cuisine and dishes they won't normally see around Portland. Mm-hmm. Well, and Shay, you mentioned when we were talking before about helping folks leverage like tech to increase their menu or distribution um, access to folks. So helping them with services like that as well during the winter? Yeah, definitely. This is uh, the first year we're trying out some partnerships with uh, organizations like Grubhub or Caviar, Amazon Now, really being able to plug into the delivery network that we have through them. Um, again, uh, leveraging everything we can in order to increase sales over the what's probably going to be a really tough winter. Another project we have is Sunday, starting on November 19th, we're going to open up brunch. So Barrio is going to have mimosas. We're going to have a different um, brunch menu item from each cart. So it should be pretty exciting. We've It's a bit of a cross-cultural exchange. A lot of the folks at the Mercado really weren't familiar with brunch, and we assured them it's a very important thing. <laughs> so, um, we're hoping that'll go well. And the other thing for our pop-up dinner series is Portland has such a rich food culture, and we know that our immigrant community, we sometimes struggle with taking part in it and being recognized as leaders. There are incredible leaders in this community, but just the wealth of flavors and culture that we have, I think, could be further recognized. So a lot of this pop-up series is, in order to do just that, is elevate our entrepreneurs as the chefs that they are and, and respect and celebrate the flavors and diversity of the culture and, you know, really start elevating this work and, and having our cuisine be respected as not just, you know, quick food cart, street food, but this is, these are real flavors and, and real high quality stuff. 
and we're touching upon regions like Cuba, Venezuela, mm. some Oaxacan cuisine as well, Ecuadorian. Yeah, so those are coming up. Our next one will be a paella uh, led by Jose, who's the owner of Quebola, our Cuban cart. And then we'll have on December 14th, that's Amalia, owner of Tierra del Sol, doing a Oaxacan pop-up. You are seriously making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back for a second to the um, folks who are benefiting from all this incredible mentorship and mm -hmm. training uh, at the Mercado. So would you say that most of the clients start as low income um, with the focus on creating this economic development opportunity? And um, out of that, um, you know, are they actually paying for these services? How do they apply? How does that work? It's uh, a great question. Yeah, that's the meat of the work for us. That's the heart of it. Almost all of, of the clients we've served in our incubator have been Latino, either low income or immigrant families. And uh, I think about the story of Paula Asuncion and her four sons who have been in the project since the start, uh, been in this country for years and were producing tamales out of their home and selling them. They now, their brand, Mixteca, aside from the cart at the Mercado, which opened at its inception and they were part of the Asamblea, which envisioned the Mercado, they are at a different farmer's market every other day. And so it's been amazing to see wealth grow and have not only their brand grow and, and their family become stronger, them represent Oaxacan tamales and mole every day, but also be able to give back to the community. The sheer number of fundraisers that they give food to, school functions. Um, I know they sponsor all sorts of nonprofits around town. So not only is it the wealth that we strive to create with each of these entrepreneurs and their families, it's the way that in turn creating those leaders and having those business leaders in our community will give back. And so if someone wanted to find out more, if they're interested in exploring this, what do they do? Well, our doors are always open. You can always show up. A lot of us are there even on weekends, but generally nine to five, one of us will be at the Mercado. You can write micromercantes at haciendacdc.org, call 971-280-3825, or really just go to portlandmercado.org for more information. That's Chris and Shay. Thank you very much for being here. We really appreciate it. Shay Flannerty Bettine, Director of Portland Mercado, and Chris Bailey, Micro Enterprise Developer at Hacienda CDC. And thank you for being with us on Biz 503 today. We're off next week for the Thanksgiving weekend, but we'll be back on December 1st with a show focused on women in tech. Have a great weekend. Mm -hmm.